Hello there, old and new friends. Welcome to Divine Musing, episode 15. This is not my body. I am Destiny Rambo Corey, and I am so thankful that you have joined me for this journey into scripture, literature, poetry, and prayer as we view them through the light of transformation and growth. Here's something I've been thinking about lately. We begin with a quote from Hugo Hamilton. People say you're born innocent, but it's not true. You inherit all kinds of things that you can do nothing about. You inherit your identity, your history, like a birthmark that you can't wash off. We are born with our heads turned back, but my mother says we have to face into the future now. You have to earn your own innocence, she says. You have to grow up and become innocent. From the time I can remember, I've been ashamed of something concerning my body. When I was little, I had an overbite that was so bad, and my two front teeth stuck out so far that kids in preschool would call me things like rabbit, bucky beaver. I was teased constantly. I never smiled with my mouth open because I was so embarrassed. Puberty happened for me really fast. One day I was this tiny little thing and in a matter of four months, I had grown almost a foot and my chest developed from nothing to being pretty much what it is now. I was 12 and I looked like I was 19. My legs hurt constantly from the rapid growth and I was just, I was horrified about my chest. Back in those days, purity culture was running rampant and I would get singled out all the time in youth group and in church um, because people assumed that because I was young and in this womanly body that I must have been promiscuous, uh, which was the furthest thing from the truth. My nanny didn't help either. She was super conservative and had a very aggressive way of making it her life's mission to hide my chest and to convince the world that I was not uh, a woman. Um, I had to wear two bras, uh, a regular one underneath a sports bra, and then she would wrap me in duct tape until I could barely breathe. I wore clothes that were huge and hung off of me in an attempt to hide my womanliness. I felt cursed, like God somehow was punishing me for giving me a body that everybody thought looked like sin. I started dancing when I was really young, uh, tap, jazz, ballet, modern, hip hop, ballroom, you name it, I've probably danced it. I also studied rhythmic gymnastics when I was a kid and incorporated those things into my dance. Uh, as a child, I never thought that I was going to be a singer or a speaker. All I wanted to do was be a dancer. I studied for years with some incredible teachers all around the country. And in college, I was part of a modern company. Um, I started teaching at the age of 14. And for 13 years, teaching dance was my whole life. But I lived in this constant state of hatred for my body, while at the same time loving it for the movements that it allowed me to do. You know, dancers aren't supposed to have womanly developed bodies, uh, so the duct tape followed me long into my 20s. 
Um, helping run a dance school was so stressful, but in the best way. I loved to teach and choreograph and write shows that pushed the limits of what was generally happening in church dance circles. Um, I was privileged to work with so many incredibly talented kids, many of whom I still stay in contact with today. Eventually, though, my body failed me again. One Easter Sunday, we were performing a piece to a song called Mercy Said No. The song was written in first person about someone going through the different stages of life, and along the way, evil comes along to try and shut them down. But Mercy steps in and says no. The song had three verses, and I was at that time teaching a family of three sisters who all looked like the same person, but at different ages. So we dressed them up identically with the same hairdos and everything to kind of represent the same person growing. Each one of them danced a verse. I played the part of evil who would come and try to attack them. And at the end of each of my attacking sessions, my younger sister, Grace, she played the role of Mercy. And she was dressed in this beautiful red tutu with these red gloves and red point shoes. And she came glitzing out onto the stage and she would chase me as the darkness away. And then she would dance the chorus following the girl's verse with them um, around the lyric, Mercy Said No. Um, I was so proud of this choreography, and the girls had worked so hard to make this Easter performance memorable. I had no idea how memorable it would actually be. At the end of verse two, I was wrapping up my attack, and Grace came leaping onto the stage after me. I was meant to do this like flip leap thing that. I had done a million times before um, that required me to land on one leg with my right knee bent. Well, when I landed, my right knee essentially exploded internally. I tore my ACL, both MCLs, and when I collapsed to the ground in pain, my kneecap cracked. I started screaming in pain, but no one came to help me. Everybody thought it was part of the choreography and part of the song. So I'm crying, I'm moaning, and I pull myself off into the wings of the stage, and the band was waiting back there because they were going to come back out and play another song after the dance. And they all started laughing at me. Um, my guitar player looked at me and said, uh, you probably should have saved the big dramatic fall until the last verse, because what are you going to do when you go out, you know, for the big finale? And then he felt horrible because he realized that I was actually in pain. Um, my drummer came and like scooped me up and carried me into this dressing room that was behind the stage. Um, I, I was, it was the worst, it was the worst pain I've ever been in. But also at that point, I couldn't feel the rest of my leg from my knee down. I, I don't know if the shock of it all, I couldn't feel my leg. My knee was screaming. I was screaming. Um, it was horrible. So the rest of the song is continuing to play on the stage and the girls improvised and finished the dance. Um, but I'll never forget the silence that followed uh, the music ending. No one clapped. It was just silent. Uh, my mom finally took the microphone and I could hear her through the wall. And she said something like, I think Destiny is actually hurt. So everyone just pray and we're going to pause service for a minute and go figure out what happened. Oh, gosh. 
It took three reconstru- reconstruction surgeries for me to walk again without my knee stuck in a semi-bent position. Between surgeries two and three, I tried to go back out to teaching and performing like minimally myself, and my left knee gave out. Uh, the pressure of using it for stability for so long while the right one healed caused the tendons in my left knee to give out on the give out on their own. Ironically, also mid-performance. My friend who was playing drums at that event ran and scooped me up off the stage uh, while the other dancers finished that song. And I remember just grabbing onto him and hitting his back and screaming into his shoulder, not again, not again. That event was the last time that I danced. My knees just wouldn't let me, but I also didn't even want to try anymore. I fell into a deep depression and my hatred for my body cemented itself in me. Not long after that, I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. The hits just kept on coming. My anger at my body turned into anger at God for allowing these things to happen to me. It took years for that darkness to break and for light to shine in my eyes again. One of the things that saved me from that moment was the music that Divine met me in. A dear friend of mine who knew what I was going through made me a mix CD of songs to cheer me up. And um, song one was by an artist that at that time I'd never heard of, a guy named Trevor Hall. Um, His spiritual journey is a little bit different than mine, but something about his lyrics and the music it, it struck me like lightning as I was laying in bed feeling sorry for myself. The lyric to the song that began that mixtape says, My strength comes from the river, the eternal giver, a transcendent sight, maintain internal heights, maintain internal heights. To see the transcendent being must keep both my hands clean, keep my heart light, maintain internal heights, maintain internal heights. When I tell you that this song was like a shot of adrenaline to my soul, I'm not exaggerating one bit. See, I knew about the river. I grew up learning about the river spoken of in Revelation 22. I love the way the message translation words verses one through five. Then the angel showed me water of life river, crystal bright. It flowed from the throne of God and the Lamb right down the middle of the street. The tree of life was planted on each side of the river, producing 12 kinds of fruit, a ripe fruit for each month. The leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Never again will anything be cursed. The throne of God and the Lamb is at the center. His servants will offer God service, worshiping, They'll look on his face, their foreheads mirroring God. Never again will there be any night. No one will need lamp or sunlight. The shining of God, the master, is all the light anyone needs. And they will rule with him age after age after age. I had experienced this river in times of worship and in times of prayer. Even in times of dance, I felt it around me. My parents' church was called the river. Um, I experienced seasons of revival where the river of God physically manifested itself as a wind 
flowing through the altars of services that I was in, I, I knew the power of the river of God, but it's like I had gotten so sunken into the depths of my self-hatred, my depression, that I forgot. Um, I forgot that it was there for me. I spent so long waiting like that man at the pool of Bethesda for someone to carry me into the water, forgetting that the water is Jesus and I never need an invitation to drink from his well. The river is Jesus and I can dip my broken body into his goodness as many times as it takes to find strength again. I spent years hating the body I was given and cursing it instead of nurturing it and blessing it. I fed it rejection and disgust and then wondered why no good thing was blossoming internally. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20 says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is within you, whom you have received as a gift from God, and that you are not your own property? You were bought with a price. You were actually purchased with the precious blood of Jesus and made his own. So then, honor and glorify God with your body. I love the way the First Nations translation words verse 19 when it says that our body is not our own, but his sacred lodge. Do my teeth and my chest still make me self-conscious? Well, thanks to my grandmother getting me braces, my teeth aren't so bad anymore, uh, but the other still kind of bothers me. Uh, do my knees and my colon still give me trouble? Yeah, but I am learning how to give grace to my body and to speak life over it. I'm also so thankful for the physicians divine has sent into my path that have helped me so much on my journey towards healing. Sometimes healing really is spirit working with us. I know this musing is much more personal than others, but I felt like this story was important to share. We are all so hard on ourselves and use the mirror as a reflective punching bag instead of a window to the wonder of our creation. My sweet husband, Joel, reminds me all the time, be kind to yourself when he sees me looking in the mirror with my brow furrowed, you know, picking myself apart. So I will leave you with that same encouragement today. Be kind to yourself. You are his sacred lodge and he loves it there. If you are struggling with hatred towards your body and long to see yourself through the eyes of your creator, then why don't we pray this prayer together? Divine Creator, you sent your Son, Jesus, to be the river of living water we can come to for healing, refreshment, and hope. Help me to release to those waters my insecurities, hatreds, and worries, and allow Spirit to wash over me with fresh revelation of who you created me to be. Being human is a struggle, and I need your help to get through this life. Meet me in my frailties and show me the path towards acceptance and grace. Awaken in me the reality that I am your dwelling place and you created me to be unique. Give me eyes to see myself the way that you see me and the courage to love what I perceive as flaws. I long to be a reflection of your love and grace to others, but also to myself. Amen.
Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I will leave you with a quote from Fragrance After the Rain by Jaya John. She was done, shrinking, hiding, bending, contorting herself to fit a mold. She shattered the mold and expanded into her true form, magnificence. She lived as a mighty mountain. Her ministry was to be an uncloaked miracle, free of shame. I hope this musing has given you a little something to think about too. Thank you so much for joining me today for Divine Musing. For more information, head over to www.rambocory.com. I would love to connect with you on social media. You can find me at facebook.com forward slash Destiny Makes Music or on Instagram and Twitter at Des Rambo Music.